0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, o Lord. As Jesus passed by, he saw a blind man from birth. He spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and smeared the clay on his eyes, and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back able to see. His neighbors and those who had seen him earlier as a beggar said, Isn't this the one who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is. But others said, No, he just looks like him. He said, I am. They brought the one who was once blind to the Pharisees. Now Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes on the Sabbath. So then the Pharisees also asked him how he was able to see. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and now I can see. So some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a sinful man do such signs? And there was division among them. So they said to the blind man, What do you have to say about him, since he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. They answered and said to him, You were born totally in sin, and you are trying to teach us? So they threw him out. When Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, he found him and said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, I do believe, Lord, and he worshipped him. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. some claim that the philistines were from the scandinavian countries and they one day they decided that they wanted to seek warmer climate so they migrated as they migrated they pillaged and plundered every village and city they came to they won victoriously in every battle until they got to egypt and they lost so they decided to settle the west coast of the Mediterranean Sea, and there they became the pesky neighbors of the Israelites. And when the Philistines and the Israelites tensions built up so much, they decided to have it out. One on one. My best guy against your best guy. Winner take all. So the Philistines chose for their guy who was uh, the the most experienced, most powerful and ruthless man in their army, Goliath. On the Israelite side, God picked David. A Goliath wore shields and armor head to toe and a large sword. David didn't have any protection, no shield, no sword, no military experience, and no business being on that battlefield. Why does God do that? Why does God always choose and pick the limited and the inexperienced and the unqualified. Oh, remember Gideon? So Gideon has an army of 32,000 troops, and he has to go in battle against an army that has 135,000 troops. It's the most lopsided numbers ever. So God says to Gideon, you have too many in your army. Get rid of them. Tell, tell them whoever is afraid of the odds Anyone that's afraid of their life, they may lose it in battle. Tell them to go home. 20,000 of Gideon's precious troops took off and went home. So now Gideon has 15,000 troops against 135,000 soldiers. So God goes back to Gideon. Gideon's thinking, oh no, now what? God says to Gideon, you still have too many. Get rid of some of them. So Gideon ends up with 300. And he wins. He wins the battle. He destroys them all. 135,000 troops. But the question is still there why does God do that? Why does God always choose the limited? The inexperienced? The unqualified? My first at the end of the first semester when I was in the seminary, I had to go to the rector's office for my evaluation. It did not go over very well. The rector said that your grades are low and we don't think that you have the capacity or the intelligence to be a priest. So the, the staff voted to dismiss you. But I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to give you one more semester. I was devastated. I came into this church. I came into this church, about one of the middle pews there. I came in and I lowered my head in shame, and, and I said to God, I says "I thought you wanted me to be a priest. In second grade, I wanted to be a priest. What did I get the, the signals mixed up or something? God said to me, "Peter, I'm not done." I haven't finished the story. Will you just let me finish the story? I says, oh, okay. Well, anyway, ten years after I was ordained, I was driving to St. John's Seminary. And the reason why I go there is because I am the professor of the classical languages in the New Testament. Along with me in the car was another confidant who's also a professor at St. John's Seminary. So we were we, we at a stoplight, and I turned to my comforter and I said, Hey Dave, do you remember the time you wanted to kick me out of the seminary because I wasn't smart enough? Did you ever recall it at that time, did it ever even enter your mind that one day, one day in the future, that it would be you and I would be the professors going to St. John's Seminary? That of all your illustrious and all your brilliant students, it would end up being me, it would be me and you going to the seminary to teach. And he turned to me and he said, That was God. So God turned to me and he said, uh, So, Peter, how'd you like the story? I said, I liked it. I I, I love the ending. God said to me, Everybody likes my endings. So let's say King David were to come here today to talk to us, to encourage us during this time. This is what I think he'll say. I walked out in that battlefield against one of the most ruthless and experienced warriors on the planet. I had no sword, no protection, no shield, no experience, and no business being there. But when I stepped out on that field, everyone, on both sides, laughed at me. When I saw that and heard their laughter, I said to God, God, this is your moment. This is your finest hour. Let it be me. Let it be me to show the world how great you are. That's us. That's our prayer. We're not our darkest moment when we're in the middle of a church with our head down in shame. We feel like that we're limited and unqualified. That's the moment to pray that prayer. You say it. You say it with confidence. God, this is your moment. This is your finest hour. Let it be me to show the world how great you are. And if you can say that prayer, believe me, you're going to love the ending.